Welcome to the Buff Show, AM 950, 94.9 FM, The Answer Orlando. Matt Buff, your host on the Liam Fitzpatrick Studio. Great to be with you today on this beautiful Thursday. We're going to have Bill O'Reilly coming up on the show. A lot of insight to that tour that's coming to Orlando with him and President Trump. Also, Dreama Denver is on the show to talk about her book, uh, A Tribute and Memoir to Bob Denver. You know, Gilligan from Gilligan's Island. So much awesome stuff to come. And, you know, it's just we live in a crazy world right now, right? I mean... A gun didn't kill a woman, or a gun did kill a woman on the set of Rust, but nobody else, just a gun walked up and killed her. Uh, Alec Baldwin didn't do it. A car drove itself through a Christmas parade. Uh, a car drove itself there through a Christmas parade, according to CNN. And uh, Build Back Better cost absolutely nothing. Um, it's, it's just remarkable, the liberal lunacy that we see out there. Maxford Nelson from the Freedom Foundation. He's director of labor policy. Great to see you, Max. We live in a very strange time here. <laughs> we live in a very strange time. I, I often discuss with my wife, you know, it feels like everything's just upside down, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's entertaining. It, it'd be more amusing if it wasn't so serious. I know we're going to talk, it would be, and sometimes we do have to laugh. Sometimes we do because it's just insanity. Uh, when when somebody looks right into the camera and tells a complete lie, like the three people I've talked about, the, I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable. And look at, let me show you this before we jump into Build Back Better, because Fauci, there, there's, a, there's a little spread of COVID going on down at the southern border. And they can't figure out why, but uh, they're putting in these winterized uh, COVID restrictions. But don't forget, 99% recovery, by the way. But winterized, where you got to get tested if you're flying in and you got to quarantine yourself and all this stuff. But that's only if you're flying in. Check this out, Max. And I want to get your uh, thoughts on the other, si uh, other side of this. Dr. Fauci, as you advised the president about the possibility of new testing requirements for people coming into this country, does that include everybody the answer is yes because you know that the new uh, uh the new uh, uh regulation if you want to call it that is that anybody and everybody who's coming into the country needs to get a test within 24 hours of getting on the plane to come here but what about people who don't take a plane and just these border crossers coming in in huge numbers you know but that's a different issue for example when you talk we still have title 42 that's a different issue what what else do you think that they're uh, going to do about it if somebody doesn't get tested within 24 hours? And and the border's a different issue. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very amusing. And and again, it would be more so if it wasn't so serious. But there is so much hypocrisy right now from uh, many public officials, from many uh, many individuals like Dr. Fauci and the administration in prominent positions. The idea that COVID is is this massive emergency, it, it justifies all of these extreme measures, it justifies lockdowns and testing and quarantines. But if you come across the border illegally, none of that applies somehow. Uh, it's, it's absolutely insane. Uh, and it, it, the double standards show that there really isn't, uh, yeah, I mean, it undermines the public facing argument. If this is really about public health, if all of these restrictions and pandemic response measures are really about protecting people. And if that's really what we care about, then it would be applied consistently. Even if it was a terrible policy, we would at least apply it consistently. But the fact that we're not illustrates that, or at least strongly suggests uh, that the people in power that are making these decisions really don't care as much about public health as they claim. What they do care about is exercising control and exercising control in a way that rewards the interest groups that they like and punishes those that they don't like. 
Yeah, that's that's what it is. You and I talked about before on the show when it comes to this Build Back Better, but they're kind of doing the same thing with these COVID protocols. Just see what they can get away with, like the vaccine mandates on businesses. That's being shot down all over the country by judges, but they want to see what they can get away with just to see how far they can take their power. It's about right. control, like you said. But you and I talked before on the show about this Build Back Broke plan, this Build Back Better plan, which... <laughs> I know it's going to see, well, we'll talk about the process with committees, but we, you and I talked about the home care providers, how much they're going to be hurt by this uh, portions in the bill that would basically just funnel billions of dollars from taxpayers to union buddies who will, uh, can, uh, you know, it's a cycle. They'll take that money and support Democrat policies. That's what unions do. They cycle that money back in. And that's why we love having the Freedom Foundation on the show, Max, because you guys are saving people one penny at a time if you can. But these these union things, we talked about that, but there's so much more to this thing that we haven't talked about, like the six million illegals getting citizenship. They're promising drug price reductions and stuff like that, but it's just really recycled money. What what new have you seen from this plan since we've talked last? Well, you know, we, we focused in, as you mentioned, on, on our report about how hundreds of billions of dollars in additional Medicaid funding uh, for home and community-based services to the elderly and disabled uh, are included in the plan. And that's, that's not a bad thing necessarily. Uh, those programs are generally worthwhile, but much of that money is going to end up diverted not to the care uh, for which it is intended, but for special interest groups like SEIU. There are a host, a laundry list of other examples. Uh, of similar giveaways for special interest groups that this legislation in its current form is just shot through with. For example, uh, one that has been covered somewhat here uh, recently in the news is a tax deduction for union dues if you are a member in good standing. So here's, here's the lay of the landscape right now when it comes to the law and union membership. In the public sector, if you're a government employee of any kind, you cannot be required to pay union dues as a condition of keeping your job. The Supreme Court has ruled that's unconstitutional. If you are a private sector employee, then the courts have not determined that the Constitution applies, so you're at the mercy of state law. Uh, and in 27 states, private sector union workers cannot be required to pay union dues, but in 23 states, you can be required to pay. Uh, and so there's, there's, there's a mix of, of arrangements out there. Uh, but what this legislation does is it would say if you are a union member in good standing in the public sector, private sector, whatever, you get an automatic off, above the line $250 uh, tax deduction. There's no public policy goal there. There's no bridges being built, programs being run. There's, there's nothing there. It is just a, a, a giveaway, an incentive using taxpayer dollars to incentivize people to, to sign up for union membership or to maintain their union membership. And it allows union organizers to approach people who might otherwise want to resign and save some of that money and say, well, you know, you, you're going to lose out on a $250 tax deduction if you decide to resign your membership. Uh, it is, yeah, it's pretty crazy, pretty brazen stuff. Uh, there's a number of other examples as well, but that's one that just jumps out right off the page. 
Well, because especially since the Supreme Court's already ruled on it, and they're blatantly going against that anyway, punishing people if they decide to drop out of the union. This whole thing is about union jobs, and he said Biden's read that off a teleprompter quite clearly. It's about right. union jobs, and that's where money goes. This is not going to go to right-to-work states. This is not going to go to anything like that. This is a monstrosity and a disaster. Do you see this thing shutting down the government, potentially, holding it hostage? Um, no, I, I, I haven't seen any indications that there's going to be a government shutdown over this particular piece of legislation. There are some other big lifts that Congress has to get through in the coming days and weeks. Uh, there is a government funding uh, you know, bill or, or appropriation that needs to happen uh, within the next few days, I think even as soon as, uh, as tomorrow, uh, to keep the, just the ongoing operation of the government funded. Uh, so there's there's going to be a lot happening in Congress in the next few days and weeks. And so we'll, we'll have to see, of course, what happens. Nobody really knows. I mean, even the reporting, you know, that suggests, well, this is what people are talking about. Things happen at the last second uh, and, and deals get struck. And, and so it's we're just going to have to play it by ear. Uh, but I think the overall plan for the Build Back Better Act, which is all new, new spending, new programs, new money, uh, that I think the Senate is planning on on debating and bringing to the floor uh, sometime in the second week of December. Uh, now it took the how you know we heard that from Pelosi a few times too. You know we're going to have a vote today. We're going to have a vote this week. Well, you know we missed that deadline. We'll try again next week. So whatever you know Schumer is saying, uh, second week of December they want. I know they want to get it done before Christmas, uh, and we'll just have to see what happens. Senator uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema out of uh, West Virginia and Arizona, respect, uh, respectively, are very quiet about their positions on the legislation. They haven't come out and said they're going to back it. They haven't come out and said they're going to oppose it. Uh, I, they've both gone on the record as having problems with certain elements of the bill. And so I'm sure there's a lot of behind the scenes conversations going on trying to win their support. Remember, the margins here are very, I mean, they could not be any closer in the Senate. Uh, to get this to pass, the Democrats have to have every one of their 50 members on board uh, with Vice President Kamala Harris uh, there to cast the tie-breaking vote to get this thing across the finish line. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, I mean, it's important for people to keep looking at this legislation, understanding what it does, because the more scrutiny it gets, the worse it looks for the country. Yeah, the, the more you look at into it, it's, it's just awful for the country. And all we need is one Democrat to say, no, I can't support it. Uh, Joe Manchin, you got to be the guy. Kristen Sinema, you got to be the girl. One of you has to do it. Joe Biden keeps perpetuating this myth that it doesn't cost anything. We Check this about out. price tags. The, it is zero price tag on the debt. We're paying. We're going to pay for everything we spend. So you keep hearing that, and in the last minute here, give us your synopsis on how this supposedly costs zero when the CBO, which is no conservative organization, says we're looking at $1.2 trillion in extra deficit here. It's, uh, it, the statement is wrong on so many levels, it's hard to even know where to begin. Uh, there is no doubt that the, the legislation itself is going to cost several trillion dollars. Now, we may or may not have the money to pay for that, but nobody disputes that there is a price tag attached to the bill. Biden seems to be saying, well, as long as we're paying for it, it doesn't cost anything, which is absolutely absurd on its face. What he's trying to say, I think, or maybe intends to say, is that we, we have tax increases built in to pay for the bill. It's not deficit spending. We're not just putting it on the credit card. 
But even that is incorrect. As you mentioned, the Congressional Budget Office has now scored the bill in its current form and said this is going to the amount of new spending is not going to be covered by the amount of new revenue. And there's going to be a several hundred billion dollar gap. That is credit card spending. That's that's adding to the national debt. That's adding to inflation. That's printing more money. Uh, and and even that several hundred billion dollar shortfall that the CBO came up with takes the bill at face value. Well, the, the way the bill is written, these programs are only funded for a year, two years, three years. But, you know, I mean, Ronald Reagan had it exactly right. There's no nothing so permanent as a temporary government program. These programs, if they're authorized, are not going to end a year from now or two years from now or three. They're going to go on forever. And it's going to be a consistent source of new deficit spending that is going to hamper our economic growth. That's going to require us at some point to dramatically increase taxes. Uh, and in the meantime, it's going to be jacking inflation through the roof as the government printing presses keep rolling money uh, into the economy and undervaluing the money that we already have in circulation. It's it's a, a nightmare, total nightmare. It's upside down. And this there's never a good time for a tax and spend bill like this of this magnitude that goes on for years and years. But especially now with all the things that we're coming out of in the supply chain and inflation. Max for Nelson, thank you so much. Freedom Foundation's Director of Labor Policy. Thanks for joining us on the show. My pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'll be right back with Bill O'Reilly on The Buff Show. You guys stay with us. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hour drafts every day of the week and all day Sunday. Dollar off drafts and house wines, $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events tonight. It's Taco Tuesday on Thursdays. Live music and specials all night on tacos, tequila, and margaritas. Friday's live music and happy hour, then brunch with $10 champagne over the weekend. Mention the Buff Show, get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com. Get ready to take down a phone number and website address. Everybody's talking about solar, specifically about solar electricity, and there are a lot of bold claims being made about it. Maybe someone told you that a one-size-fits-all solar system will work for you. You can go off the grid. You can create a power plant on your roof and retire from selling the extra energy back to your power company. Or maybe you saw the TikTok claiming the government's giving away free solar. The list goes on. All Solar is committed to working with homeowners directly to offer them a dose of reality. All Solar Energy has been providing Floridians with solar pool heat, solar electric, and other energy reduction products since 1999. In addition to homeowners, All Solar is the number one choice for roofing companies, property management firms, national sales teams, and even other solar companies. To learn what's really possible and if solar will even work for you, call them or go to their website and request a free energy evaluation. Spend some time with an expert and get all your questions answered about your specific energy saving needs. Learn about how you can reduce your electric bill before you consider solar. Make a fully informed decision so you don't have regrets down the road. What do you have to lose? Here's their number, 866-412-4218. And the website, www.allsolarenergy.com. Okay, welcome back to The Buff Show, 94.9 FM, AM 950. The answer Orlando, Matt Buff, and joined by Ron Perry. Ron, how you doing? Doing great today, Matt. All right, great to see you. You know, we don't bloviate on The Buff Show, and now it's time to bring on the king of no spin himself. That is Bill O'Reilly. Bill, welcome to The Buff Show. Great to have you. Hey, guys. How you going doing today? All right? Oh, yeah, we're wa- rocking along, you know, recovering from the most expensive Thanksgiving ever, like everybody else, you know? <laughs> I had a lot of cranberries. You know, cranberries were tough to find in Alabama and Florida, so you must have the line somewhere. Yeah, no, they were good. 
but I understand the pain of inflation, that's for sure. Yes, the the pain of inflation is real. We got a lot to talk about, but we got something really cool for everybody coming up here in Orlando at the Amway Center on December 12th. It'll be you and President Donald J. Trump with the uh, history tour. It's going to be fantastic. Never before heard or uh, seen inside view of his administration. You know, talk about the good and the bad, which is awesome. And uh, so, Bill, tell me how this thing, before we get into the event itself, how did this whole thing get started between you and President Trump? Trump. Well, in the late spring of this year, I was thinking about, um, I'm a history writer, you know that, the Killing series, and I was thinking about, you know, the books that I might want to get into, um, and people were going, oh, you got to write about the Trump administration, and it occurred to me I didn't know anything about the Trump administration. <laughs> I mean, what actually happened those four years inside the White House, and the reason I didn't know was because the press either tried to destroy Donald Trump or make him a saint. So there was no reportage, there was no reporting about how things got done, what the challenges were, the successes and the failures. So I've known Donald Trump for a long time, you guys know that. I wrote a book on him called The United States of Trump that takes us right up to when he was elected. But um, I said the only way that I can find out what really happened is to talk to him about it. So I presented it to him in uh, early June. It took him about a month, because, you know, he knows me. He knows this is not a cupcake situation. It's not a rally. It's not any of that. It's straight history questions. And he decided to do it. And the rest is, as they say, history. So we're looking forward to coming to the Amway Center on the 12th of December, and I can guarantee you, if you join us there, you will hear things you have never heard before. That's amazing, because the Trump administration was pretty transparent. I mean, Trump himself with the social media and everything like that. But there is so much more. When I was talking to your people, it was just amazing. Some of uh, just some of the insight to this tour that people are going to be just fascinated with. Ron, this is going to be uh, just a killer time. Oh, I think it's fantastic. We've got seats down front. Uh, my wife is an incredible fan of yours, Bill. And uh uh, this is something that uh, we and so many others are really looking forward to. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a more than a packed house. Tell your uh, wife I'm getting my suits pressed. I'm getting everything. I'm going to be looking spiffy. Um, <laughs> but I am heavily researching. Even today, I spent a lot of time getting into the vaccine, for example. So nobody knows how that actually rolled out in seven months. I mean, that's almost a miracle. How did it happen? How about Putin? Putin speak English? Is Putin capable of igniting a war? What did President Trump want to accomplish when he went to Helsinki? Those inside baseball things are what the whole show is going to be. And um, I think it's going, to be, it's going to be two hours and 20 minutes, 20-minute intermission, the fastest two hours and 20 minutes of your life. And then in the bottom half of the show... People will be able to write questions on cards, and I'll select some of them and ask President Trump questions from the folks. So that'll be a fantastic aspect of the show. I didn't know people were going to be able to ask questions, so that is awesome. So everybody listening, get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com, and also get your questions ready, too, for those cards. You may be picked. Uh, Bill, you, you will be answering questions as well? 
Now, I'm just going to focus on President Trump. You know, people want to know where what I am doing. They go to BillOReilly.com. We do the No Spin News every night, as you guys know. We have 300 radio stations across the country off, uh, taking my commentary. It's not about me now. It's about a legacy. And an interesting aspect of this, at the Amway Center, we're going to have four cameras. You'll see four TV cameras. So we're shooting every part of all four shows for archival purposes. That means... President Trump gets a copy of the tape. I get a copy of the tape. It'll all be on the record, and it will be used. You know, I'm going to use it in a variety of ways, but in order to see the whole thing unfold, you have to come to the show. You'll never be able to see, um, you know, everything on the clips that I use. But I want this, uh, and, you know, I talk to the president uh, often, and I said, look, if you want to run again for office, and I think he does, you're going to have to change. You're going to have to run on your record, uh, not drain the swamp, not the fake news. you got a four-year record. And what better way to get it on the record than to do these interviews that will all be recorded? So I think he sees the wisdom of that, and, you know, it's up to him how much he wants to give me. But believe me, you know me, I'm going to press him and get as much as I can. Well, no, I know you, and I know you've done it before. We used to love watching your interviews with him on the O'Reilly Factor. That was fantastic, and it's cool that you guys still have a great relationship. I'll be honest with you, Bill. I miss the mean tweets. I'd rather have that stuff. I'd rather have the Pocahontas stuff and uh, $1.82 gas. What say you? <laughs> well, look, it's a changing world, not changing for the better right now. Um, I think that the media destroyed itself. The corporate media has destroyed itself because of the abject hatred it brought to uh, the Trump coverage. I don't think even if you don't like Trump, how can you respect that kind of a situation? So I got a lot, I've got to right a lot of wrongs here. And I'm going to try to do that when I roll into Orlando with Donald Trump on December 12th at the Amway Center. The cool thing is, is this is limited engagement. You guys aren't doing too many of these around the country. This is a just very, four. yeah, just yeah, four. We, we very chose, special event. Yeah, we chose Florida. We're doing Sunrise Lauderdale on Saturday, Orlando Sunday. Then the next weekend, Houston on Saturday, Dallas on Sunday. We chose um, those two states because there are no restrictions as far as COVID and all that other stuff. Um, and we want everybody to have a good time, want them to be safe. Um, but it's going to be a very casual in, casual out, best security in the world. You've never seen security like this, um, and it'll be a fun event, I think, for everyone. Have you gotten much pushback from the liberal uh, media, or have you gotten pushback from no, anywhere? No, they don't do that this? anymore. They just ignore it. It's like the Hunter Biden laptop story. <laughs> they just ignore it. It's incredible. They don't push back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Um, they'll ignore it. Um, it'll it'll pass, and then they will say, well, it never existed. You know, it's funny. I don't know whether you guys heard this, but Mick Jagger and the Stones wrapped up their tour in Florida at the Hard Rock. And he was talking to the audience at the end saying, oh, I wish I could stay in Florida. Because the Trump Bill O'Reilly tour is coming up. 
<laughs> oh, Mick yeah. Jagger said that? <laughs> I was going to ask yeah. you about that. I saw that. I got I it on BillOReilly.com if you want to hear the whole quote. <laughs> so he was being facetious, of course, you know, Trump, uh, Jagger. Yeah. But it was just great publicity. And it just shows you that how big of an event this is. Um, so it caught Jagger's attention. Well, I know uh, President Trump played a little start me up at some of these rallies that uh, we went to. And, you know, Trump, President Trump, did, his rallies in Florida were phenomenal. So I, I knew they had to have permission for that. So that's pretty cool that he said that. Did What kind of, what kind of crowd response did he get when he said that? Mixed. Was it mixed? <laughs> some cheers, some boos. You're always going to have that. You know that. Um, but it was uh, startling uh, that that would even... Uh, he would even put that out there. But you look, Donald Trump's always going to be a controversial man. I'm controversial. You put us together. You've got an unpredictable show. Nobody knows. I don't know how it's going to go, but it won't be boring. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, when you're, Ron, when you're talking about Bill O'Reilly and Donald Trump, the oh, script I, I, is I, out the window on some of this stuff, right? I mean, there's going to be some improv like you've never seen. I, I've got to imagine that there'll be some headlines that come out of this. Absolutely. They can't, the media can try to ignore it. And, and Bill, that's what they do. They try to ignore it in some of these situations because they think if they talk about it, it'll just make it more popular. So now they just say, we're just going to have to ignore this one. <laughs> yes. What, and they're doing that more and more and more and more. Um, that's all right. We don't need them. There's no media tickets. Um, we're not given media access. Um, we just don't need them. We don't trust them. We don't want them. Now, that's great. That's great to hear. Uh, I did read a piece on Vanity Fair saying, oh, this ain't going to be that popular. I'm like, are you kidding me? Bill O'Reilly and Donald Trump? Vanity Fair was downplaying it. And I was like, you guys, the fake news is unreal sometimes about how far they go to just downplay some. Like, like a conservative is going to say, oh, you know what? Since Vanity Fair said it, maybe I won't go. <laughs> yeah, like that matters. I think Vanity Fair's circulation is 32 now. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody even knows it exists, and we've sold more than 30,000 tickets, so maybe they're not quite as objective as they might want to be. No, I wouldn't think so whatsoever. Bill O'Reilly on with us on The Buff Show. You know, we had a big thing with the Supreme Court today, that one of the biggest abortion cases in U.S. history today. Bill, could you stick with us for one more segment to talk about some of this and, and some other breaking news that's happening today? Sure. All right, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break on The Buff Show. Check out thebuffshow.com, everybody. We're going to put the link to the Ticketmaster site so you can take part in this. It's going to be the history tour with Bill O'Reilly and Donald J. Trump. Going to be fantastic. It's just an exclusive event, no media, just you and your questions and the president and Bill O'Reilly. Fantastic stuff. Stay with us on The Buff Show. We'll be right back. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. 
Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionplusprissurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. Since 2012, Cellulartronics has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair and electronics repair. We fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. We also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up, back covers are only $120. We have two locations to serve you in Sanford and DeBerry. Visit Cellulartronics.com or call 407 407- 3396 That's cellulartronics.com or 407-302-3396. Welcome back to the Buff Show, 94.9 FM, AM950, the answer Orlando. Visit thebuffshow.com. Get your gear for Christmas. We got some cool stuff on there. And also go to the uh, BillOReilly.com. Check out the No Spin News. Check out the Killing Books. All kinds of great Christmas presents there. We're with the king of no spin himself, Bill O'Reilly, on the show. Welcome back. Great to have you on the show with us today. I appreciate you having me in, guys. Yes, absolutely. Um, how the Killing Series doing? Um, ever since Fox News, I think you've written a few more, and, and they seem you haven't taken a hit at all. The people love these books. Yeah, the Killing Series is the selling book series nonfiction of all time. Incredible. Uh, Bill, I got a question. copies of my books in print. Question for you, it okay? Is, I mean, I never, you know, when I was in fifth grade, I, I could barely read a book. <laughs> and now you got the best-selling books of all time. <laughs> which are phenomenal. Which are phenomenal. You. you. know, they're... they're... The Killing the Mob is uh, our current one, and that is nine weeks at number one and still perking after about eight months. Great Christmas gift. And then Killing the Killers, I guess, is, is that... Uh... That's coming up in May. That's fantastic. Uh, you'll hear a lot about that because it's all uh, new information about how um, the United States tracks the terrorists, and we compare the Obama, Trump, and Biden administrations and what they do, the techniques they use, and it's all out of the National Security Archives that nobody's ever seen before, so it's going to be quite something. You know, many of our listeners um, were big fans, probably all of our listeners, actually, big fans when you were on um, uh, regularly on the No Spin Zone. And uh, some of them don't know how to hear you now. You know, now we've got a lot of folks, I'm sure, who, uh, you know, they've they've learned how to do Zoom. They've learned how to do all kinds of things through COVID. Um, and can you just take a, a moment or two to explain how people can hear you on a regular basis and how they can subscribe to BillOReilly.com, what they have to do? Yeah, it's easy. You just punch up BillOReilly.com. It's a massive website. Um, it'll appear before your eyes. And then there are all kinds of things on it that you don't, have to be a premium member or a concierge member to get. You can read my message of the day, my columns. Uh, you can listen to me on a various radio shows like this one. I was on Sean Hannity's radio show earlier. That will be posted. And then if you would like to become a premium or concierge member, we explain it to you. It's very, very inexpensive. And then you have access to the television show every night. So it's my 
show on um, BillOReilly.com is a little bit different than the O'Reilly Factor. Uh, we only do one guest a night because I have commentary on many issues. Um, we have the commercials at the end, so we don't torture you with commercials. And um, I think it's the most successful independent news website in the world. I believe that's where we are right now. And everybody can check out the first. Follow the first on uh, social media. Yeah, if you Facebook, want to watch conventional yeah. TV, so you go to the firsttv.com, and we're on at uh, 8 o'clock, 8 Eastern. So several places. Good question, Ron, because several places to catch Bill. And you can actually get more Bill O'Reilly now than back in the day where we didn't have all the streaming stuff. <laughs> so this is actually a good thing. Yeah, and we have a lot of partners that are distributing all over the world. Um, the first is one of our partners. And then we do a daily uh, commentary on uh, 300 radio stations around the country. That's also posted on BillOReilly.com in case it's not in your market. And i got to tell you guys, look, I uh, was at Fox for more than 20 years. I appreciate my time there. But, boy, I'm a lot better off running my own operation, not have to go into that crazy city every day. No, I bet. That's exactly right, especially uh, with Bill de Blasio's uh, drug use zones that he just put in there. I don't know if you saw that. But it's unbelievable. Let's talk about the Supreme Court abortion case because it's the first one in history that really is going to chop Roe v. Wade in half if if it goes the right way. I noticed in the arguments today on the other side, on the left, they weren't arguing about the science of abortion. They were they were really trying to pinpoint the viability, which made the whole case, in my view, about the viability of the child because the child is protected under the Constitution, whereas abortion is not. So the viability was the big issue today. Yeah, um, I think that the court, the way it's comprised, would like to kick the abortion issue back to the states and have each state decide what the standards would be. It looks to me like that's what the first volley is going to be. So Mississippi's law is 15 weeks. I'm not sure what the justices are going to uh, say about the 15-week situation, Um, but clearly five of the nine would like the states to make the decision about what happens with women and um, the unborn rather than the federal government. Ron, it's the Tenth Amendment issue that's coming up as mm-hmm. well, because unless it's delegated to the federal government by the Constitution, it should go back to the people, back to the states. Bill and Ron, uh, Ron first, I, I think that's a win if it goes back to the states. I think that's a, that's definitely a major positive um, for this country if that goes back to the states. I think states and people will move accordingly, Bill. They um, already started that. Uh, people are pouring into Florida at record numbers, but if it comes to the states, that really makes that vote even more important. Yeah, but the bottom line is saving as many of the unborn as you can save. That's the point, because these are right. people. That's it. And so, you know, you have these zealots who say, well, we don't care, Joe Biden being one of them. Um, we'll abort a baby a half hour before it's supposed to be born for any reason. You know, to me, that's just barbaric. I understand the the pro-choice point of view. I got it. But, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm going, I don't want to, if there is a judgment day, 
and I abort an unborn child, I I don't want to have to answer for that. You know, it it all comes back to what is morally right. You hear so these... I understand that there are people who don't believe in God, they don't believe in anything other than their own convenience, and Americans are going into that crew more than ever before. I've got it. But I step back and say, you know, do no harm. If you're on a planet, do no harm. And you deny someone the right to live, I think that's harm. No, absolutely. I mean, when when we hear all the time, follow the science, follow the science, you can take the religious aspect out of it when you're talking about abortion. You could and just say, look at the science of how that baby develops. By the 15 weeks you're talking about in Mississippi, we already got a heart pumping blood, uh, four quarts daily, and we've got uh, 4,000 organs in place at that point. In Texas, it's eight, eight weeks. That's the heartbeat. And there's two other states with the heartbeat. That's about when the heartbeat, seven, six, seven weeks. So when you get into viability, that's a losing argument for the left because you have to acknowledge that that's a child at some point. And, uh, you know, they say follow the science. And I know Fauci, Dr. Fauci, thinks he's the science, but he's not. There's actually real evidence out there that that is a baby. And you're right. A win, a total win would be saving the lives of of, of all babies in the womb and making better parental decisions before the act of pregnancy. No doubt. Um, but, you know, the left and the media are as one in this, and they support unlimited abortion. I mean, you never hear commentators other than on Fox and maybe Newsmax say the opposite, ever. Because if you do, you're ostracized, and you can't go to the parties uh, in D.C., Manhattan, and L.A. So, you know, to me, it always comes down to the simple equation do no harm right and if you can you know i think that as a country we're going to go into a more conservative abortion zone now you've um said some things with regards to your thoughts on what are going to what's going to happen to the democrats going forward they've obviously got really rotten poll numbers they have ignored that and gone forward, ignored what happened in Virginia and just uh, acted as if uh, the wind is at their back? Well, you've got 19 House members of the Democratic Party not running. That'll probably swell up to 30. In the Republican side, you're going to have about 15 not running. So that's a huge advantage already in the midterm elections. I believe both houses will go to the Republicans. Uh, But never underestimate uh, the GOP's ability to screw things up. (laughs) Um, But I don't see any problem-solving ability for Joe Biden and his administration. And they've screwed up things almost beyond belief in the first year. I don't see how they can reverse what they've done. So this time next year, prices will be higher for everything. People will be angry. And that's what happens. The folks will will vote, and uh, the Democrats and the progressives will take it right between the eyes. That's my prediction. Based on history, you're right. But at this rate, because we have a shell of a president here, we have somebody managing. This is more of a production than an administration. Joe Biden, you go out there, you say what we say to say, you call on who we to call on, and we have the questions ready for you, and then you go right back 
in hiding and we cue the music when it's time to have people not hear you. This is the most produced presidency I think I've ever seen. What about you as a historian? Well, I think Mr. Biden is on the wrong track. And if this keeps up, he'll go down in history as one of uh, the two or three worst presidents we've ever had. Um, I don't see anything that he's done to improve the country. And that's my, old, my question to my liberal friends who voted for Biden. Give me one thing he's done that's made the nation better. And there's silence. They don't know. Nothing. Yeah, they, so they keep can't going say it. this way and, it, <laughs> you know, they're going to get hammered. Well, the culture war that you've been talking about for years and years and years has really intensified. I mean, we have dividing lines in this country like we've never seen it. You saw it at the steps of the Supreme Court today. Two different sides that uh, one side vehemently hates the other. It's almost like with the left, uh, Mr. O'Reilly, there is just no turning them away from their ideology. Yeah, you're not going to convince them, not going to persuade them. But the numbers are on the side of traditional Americans. That's where you saw it in Virginia, where I live on Long Island. It was a red wave here. And New York is a very liberal state. So the numbers stack in favor of the Republicans if they put forth some problem-solving solutions. You guys, I got to go. I got 15 people pounding here for my attention. But I'm glad you're going to the show, and then maybe we'll talk about it after uh, you see it. Well, Ron has, Ron has tickets. I still don't. But I'm we'll make sure that. Matt has tickets, too. We'll be well, there. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'll, uh, you'll go as my, uh, as my guest, Matt. Oh, well, that is very nice of you. I really yeah, no, appreciate I'll set that. You, I'll set you up. So uh, my folks will be in touch with you, and, uh, yeah, we want you there. Oh, well, I look forward to meeting you in person. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for the tickets. It's going to be an amazing event. I want everybody to check out Ticketmaster.com. We're going to post the links on the Buff Show. December 12th, Orlando, Florida, the Amway Center. Bill O'Reilly, President Donald J. Trump. Bill O'Reilly, thank you so much for taking the time today. Oh, guy, thanks for having me in, guys. See you. All right, we'll be right back on the Buff Show. You guys stay with us. Veritas Tactical, Tactical. a family and law enforcement-owned company where you can get custom-built ARs with purpose-built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Sig Sauer, Smith & Wesson, and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your liberty-safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses, and force-on-force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site, Coating services, laser engraving and more. Mention the Buff Show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical, 407-309-3000. 407-309-3000. And at VeritasTactical.com. Veritas Tactical. Tactical. Welcome back to the Buff Show, heading into our final segment on this beautiful Thursday evening. You know, we're starting a new segment here on the Buff Show for December. It's called The Gift of Reading This Christmas Season. So we're going to bring on a bunch of different authors for you that you're going to really enjoy, and you're going to want to check out their books. And we're going to start with a very special guest here. I'm going to bring on Dreama Denver, author of the book Gilligan's Dream. Dreama, great to have you on the Buff Show. It is so good to be here. I love that I'm 
talking to all the folks in Orlando. <laughs> I love yeah, you, you said this was your old stomping grounds here. It was my old stomping ground. Believe it or not, I was one of the first 40 cast members at Walt Disney World. One of the first 40? One of the first 40. It's when they went around to um, all the college campuses uh, in the area, uh, maybe up the East Coast. I'm not sure, but uh, they interviewed us all and I was chosen. And the first 40 of us, it was when they, I don't know if people even remember this, but it was when they were first uh, running a Hilton Inn out on I-4. That's where they were giving uh, cast members the experience of working the Contemporary Hotel and the Polynesian, which were the first two. And um, also the, the uh, mm, gosh, what was it called? Not like the tourist center, but where you would go to see the, the model of what Walt Disney World was going to look yeah, like. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I just can't remember what it was called. I can't either. <laughs> uh, the Preview Center, maybe, or something like that. Uh, I went to Walt Disney University. I guess they still do that. Um, it was a great, great time. I was really young. I was there when the park opened. So um, I don't know. Those are really good memories. Oh, I bet you. Very good memories. And then you met the great Bob Denver, your husband. And this book, I, we're going to get into this book, guys. But let me just tell you some of the reviews on this. Uh, the most authentic and beautiful of love stories and sacrifice. Bob Denver was an amazing and wonderful human being, a must-read for all fans, and it goes on and on and on from there. Everybody has to check out this book because you had a storybook marriage and relationship with Gilligan himself, Bob Denver, and you guys met on the movie Son of uh, the. Uh, it was uh, the Woody Allen movie played against Sam. It was the play you guys met at, right? Right. Right, then. That was in Florida also. Florida is a really good place for us, I think. Yes, uh, it is. <laughs> it really was. Uh, yes, over in St. Petersburg, I was uh, visiting my family in Florida, in Orlando, and a friend called me and said to me, um, you know, they're casting for Play It Again, Sam, over in St. Petersburg. You really should go and audition because you're perfect for the lead. And so I said, okay, I'm here anyway. Why not? So I did. And I got the part. And um, the producer, after she told me I had the part, I asked her, I said, well, who's going to be starring in the show? And she said, Bob Denver. And my reaction really was, Gilligan. And she said, <laughs> yeah. And I said, seriously, I'm going to have to kiss and do love scenes with Gilligan? And she said, well, if you want the part, yeah. And I'm whoa, I want the part, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll kiss him. I'll hug him. Okay, we'll do it. And I went to... Um, uh, we started rehearsals, I think it was a couple of weeks later. And uh, when I drove up to the theater, they had a marquee that said, Bob Denver starring in Play It Again, Sam. Also starring Dreamer Perry, which was my maiden name. And um, so I walked into rehearsal. We were all there except for Bob. And we were kind of doing actor small talk, you know, getting to know each other. Suddenly I hear a voice go, what the heck is a dreamer? And I looked up and it was him. And so I went over and introduced myself as Dreama, not Dreamer. Right, Dreama, not Dreamer. <laughs> right. and, and that he thought was pretty weird too. Your name is Dreama. And I'm like, yes, Dreama. And uh, I don't know, we shook hands. And I know it sounds corny and far-fetched, but literally we shook hands and, and it was just, that was it. We looked at each other. It was sort of like, ah, there you are. Been waiting for you. 
and it lasted 30 years. So I think it was the real thing. 30-year marriage to Gilligan, Bob Denver, who was yeah. just, you just look at the guy and you see just a warm and kind of gentle, gentle man. And the, the Gilligan's Island show was phenomenal. And dream of the fact that it went all the way till 1992, <laughs> I mean, with specials <laughs> here and there, it just is something that's part of our American culture. It really is. You know, Bob always, he always poo-pooed this because he was a very humble person, but he really was a television icon, still is a television icon. The show is iconic. His costume is iconic. I mean, everything about the show, you know, this is the 57th year on the air for Gilligan's Island. 57 years. When Bob passed away, it had been on the air for, I think it was 41 years at the time. And that blew his mind. He couldn't believe it had been on that long. So he would be uh, completely stunned <laughs> to know that it's been on the air now for 57 years. Not quite as much. You know, it doesn't rerun now as much as it used to. But um, right. but there was a time when that show was on seven, eight times a day on every station. You know, you couldn't, you know, look for a TV show or go through the channels without seeing Gilligan somewhere. And you were on the episode with the Harlem Globetrotters. Is that right? I was. That was the uh, two-hour television movie. It was the third one. They had three TV movies, the Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island. And don't you know that was fun? I mean, to oh, work I can't imagine. Blood. Oh, my gosh. It was it was Geese and Curly and Meadowlark and Sweet Lou and, you know, all the guys that what I consider, and no offense to the existing Globetrotters, but those guys were the Globetrotters, you know, we got to play basketball with them, uh, which is kind of a, well, I don't guess we really did play basketball with them, but we were there on the court with them, pretending we were playing with them. It was, um, you know, it was just a phenomenal time. Those guys were amazing, amazing. And I recently heard from uh, Nate, uh, gosh, Burkus, I think. No, 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 no. Wait, whoa, 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 I have his last name wrong. Recently heard from him. He has a new book coming out um, and heard from uh, Sweet Lou's son about six months ago. Uh, oh, wow. And that, was kind of, that was kind of amazing to have all of those memories, you know, come back. I don't know. It's It was a great time. Great, great time in our lives. Well, that is that is so awesome. The TV specials and everything like that, and Bob's career and your career, love at first sight. And in thirty years of marriage, there was ups, but there was also downs too that you talk about in this book. Yeah, you know, um, I wrote the book first because I wanted people to know who Bob Denver the man was, as opposed to Gilligan and Maynard and all the characters he played. I also wanted people to know. Um, what an amazing father he was. Bob and I had one child together and that child was born in 1984. It's our son, Colin. Obviously I still have him. And when he was two years old, he was diagnosed with severe autism and they didn't call it autism then. Uh, that's before it became a term really, but, but it became autism over the years. And um, he devoted the last 20 years of his life to me and to our son. Our son had to have full-time care and Bob set aside everything when it came to Hollywood, when it came to um, 
oh my gosh, to Hollywood, to looking for series work, looking for movies. You know, people would sometimes post, you know, what happened to Bob Denver? He disappeared. Well, he disappeared to take care of his severely autistic son. And he did that for the last 20 years of his life. And I thought that was uh, really worthy of people who were fans of his, people who loved the show. I, I thought that was a worthy thing for them to know about him because it takes um, a real devoted, committed father to do that in the first place. But especially, I think, when you're a well-known face and, you know, your your work relies on, you know, auditioning for series and doing all that kind of thing, I just thought it was so commendable um, that he felt that way. And there was never any discussion about it. You know, it wasn't like, oh, should I do this? Should I not do this? He just did it uh, and did it from the get-go without any qualms or any second thoughts. And I thought people should know that. And anybody who's going through the diagnosis of a child um, with anything, because it changes your life when that happens, um, I think they would find this book inspirational because after Bob passed away, I honestly didn't think I survi I'd survive it. And and this book goes into that too, his illness and, and his passing. And um, I didn't think I could survive, but I did. And to me, that's a miracle. I mean, I look back on it and don't know exactly how I managed to do it, but somehow I did. So I wanted people to know with this book, I don't know, there it is, um, that, you know, you can face lots of trials in life, lots of challenges and and rise up to the occasion and get through it and come out the other side, which I didn't think I would be able to do. That is just amazing. The book is Gilligan Dream, Gilligan's Dreams. Um, you won the uh, Eli Dickey Literacy Award, Eli, Ella Dickey Literacy Award, which is great. And this is for authors who preserve history through their written work. And this memoir is your love letter to Bob and, and your gift to Bob fans. It's just amazing to read the reviews from the fans. And people can find out about the Denver Foundation and Little Buddy Radio. Um, and it's just It's just so much information and so amazing. What do you want? Uh, we talked about people getting out of this, but it seems like this would also help people become better parents. Just maybe I should pay a little bit more attention. And the career is good, but the family is important too. Yeah. You know, I think this book is when Bob and I, and you know, I was young, fairly young. I was in my 20s. Um, and I we made our vows. Um, I did it and meant it. But we really showed each other. I think when you make a commitment, you know, nowadays, I think getting married should be more difficult than getting out of a marriage because um, commitment is really important and you can't bail at the first sign of trouble. You know, you can't uh, go, okay, wait a minute, I've had enough, I'm out of here. That's not the way it should work. And so commitment was really, as it ended up, very, very important to us. We were both committed to each other. When we had a baby, we were committed to that child. And, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing like growing old with somebody. Now, I got to grow old or watch Bob grow older. He was older than I was. Um, he didn't get to watch me grow older, but there's really something so intimate and wonderful about going through all those years, all the ups, all the downs, everything that that makes up a tapestry 
of your life together. It's all important. And commitment, um, I don't know that we take it seriously enough sometimes. You know, people are very quick to say, well, this isn't working and I can do better and I'm out of here. You know, and I think uh, if this book shows you anything, it shows you that uh, commitment in the in the end can be, uh, well, not can be, is a very worthwhile thing to try very to rewarding. get through it. Yes, it really it really, really is with, with your family unit, with you as a couple. Um, it was very, you know, being left alone with our son and the responsibility of our son was terrifying to me uh, because Bob and I had been a team for 30 years. We had been with each other side by side, fighting the good fight. And suddenly I was left alone and that was terrifying. And, and so this book is also for people who have you know, lost spouses, lost the loves of their lives, which Bob was for me. Um, you know, again, you can survive even when you think you can't. And I just wanted people to know that it's really, it's a fun book. It's all about the love and the meeting and the romance and the getting married and the good years, the Hollywood years, the fun years, and then how life can change on a dime. And suddenly it's very, very different. And you have to navigate that difference and get through it somehow. So um, I don't know. I think it's an inspirational book. All the reviews from readers, if you go read the reviews on Amazon, um, all the reviews say that that it's inspirational. It's got five stars so far. And it also yes. recently won uh, a Mom's Choice Award, which is a great big deal. And I'm so excited about this. It won Best Autobiography at the New York Book Festival just about a month ago. No, so that is fantastic. What a great tribute. What a great memoir. Dream at Denver. Thank you so much. We miss Bob Denver too every day in this. You know, sometimes people leave and it just makes the world a little bit sadder. And Bob Denver was a light to all. So thank you so much for providing all of this to us. The book, this Christmas season, right? This book is called Gilligan's Dreams. Dreama, thank you so much for joining us on The Buff Show. BobDenver.com for an autographed copy. Oh, really? An autographed copy. Where do we go to get that? Bob Denver. That's easy to remember. BobDenver.com. Those orders come directly to me. And okay. so I can package your book, autograph it, and get it off to you in time for Christmas. So you can also get it if you're a prime person. And a lot of people are. You can also get it at Amazon.com. So no, no supply chain issues with Dream of Denver. You can get this book before Christmas. Autograph copy. Check it out, everybody. BobDenver.com. Thank you, Dreama. Matt, thank you so much. Had a great time. Everybody, we'll see you next time on The Buff Show. You guys stay smart out there.